It's time for two blokes talking tech. I just think technology is awesome. Good advice for anyone who is looking for a laptop. For the latest news and information about technology. Now that, that's the guy. <laughs> it's so hard to take a bad photo now with these cameras. I brilliant. think that stuff is just brilliant. It is something that people really need to look at. Two blokes talking tech. Haven't we got the best jobs in the world? We have. <laughs> we absolutely have the best job. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. I love talking technology. And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Do you really need a 10 megapixel camera to take those images? I'd say not. Two blokes talking tech. Embrace those little ideas there. Have a look around and, and ask questions. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. I'm Trevor Long, yourtechlife.com. And with me, as always, Stephen Fennick, techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. Hello, Trevor. Great to be here. Lucky episode 13, eh? Yes, it is. Who'd have, who'd have thought? I'm not superstitious, are you? No, no, not a... <laughs> Not even a bit of me. Anyway, we've got a lot to talk about tonight, and it's all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Now, mate, earlier in the week I went to uh, lunch with the good people at Lenovo, and uh, they launched the Lenovo X1 laptop. I hate the word notebook. Um, and, look, this has been you know, there's been pictures of it and all that kind of stuff around for a bit, but essentially this is their, the best of their ThinkPad range now. It's their flagship. Uh, it's thin. It's light. It's rugged. It's a very good-looking device. Uh, yeah. And what was amazing about this, this you know, demonstration, because normally at a launch event they just show you a thing, talk about it. This guy's standing there holding the thing out like a pizza board uh, and, and then, then, he sh- then he was punching the screen to show how durable the Gorilla Glass was. <laughs> Mate, I, need to, I think I need that for when I'm watching the Souths games. Exactly, you see? <laughs> you, you, you need that on your TV. Uh, and, and then, and then he, he shut it, dropped it from, you know, he's a six foot tall bloke, dropped it and yeah. then stood on it. Wow. And I just went, mate, you are trying to prove me something here, and you've done it. I was tweeting at the time, and I was just kind of blown away by how a device could be that wow. rugged. And, and look, it's expensive, okay? It's 1959 starting price, which is probably the base model i3, so I can only fear how much an i7 would be, but it would yeah. be a glorious device in i7. Um, but, you know, it's not just a corporate thing, which is obviously their main target because of the durability and the ruggedness of it, but it has great potential as a, as a multimedia environment for, for mums and dads at homes too, I think. Absolutely, and it's also quite thin as well. It, I think it's uh, thinner. Than, it's 17 millimetres, which is thinner than the height of a five-cent piece. So if you balance a five-cent piece on its edge, you uh, the X1 is apparently thinner than that, so it's kind of in the MacBook Air territory. Mm. And, it has and, one thing that the MacBook Air doesn't have, uh, and that's a backlit keyboard, which I know that you're a fan of, I just think I just think so much, so often you find yourself you know, either lying in bed or just you don't have all the lights on at night when you're working, and the MacBook Pros have that. Uh, it's just such a great feature. I've, I've thought that for years since they started doing it. And there are a couple of, of laptops out there that have it, but this is, mm-hmm. you know, this is just another one. And it's about time people started realizing how important that is. But I mean, in terms of shock resistance, if you drop it or, you, or it feels a bump, it'll kind of shut down or yeah. freeze the hard drive. You can handle the knocks, can't yeah. it? It's, that's what you want out of your laptop. You don't want to treat it with kid gloves all the time. You're out and about with it. That's the whole idea, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, and if it's, they want it to be a device that you literally take with you everywhere in terms of, as a business person, uh, predominantly, you know, and you're sitting at your desk and you've got to run up to a meeting, you, you miss what time it was, you just 
flap it shut, pick it up in your hand, walk to the meeting, open it up, and it will resume exactly where you were. And crucially, it will resume with all your Wi-Fi settings and VPNs already connected. So it's using a bit of smarts there to make sure that happens. So yeah. And speaking speaking of business, obviously, security is a very important thing too. That's a high priority with this. The, apparently, it's got an encrypted hard drive that can be managed remotely, and it's also got a fingerprint reader that can be used to not only register users, but also to power it on as well. So uh, if your security is important, especially if it's a business use, then uh, the X1 can help. The manageability of, of Lenovo, and, and all um, all the big guys are working on this, because in a in a corporate environment, less and less there, there are IT departments these days, or they're getting smaller and smaller. So to have a, a, a rollout of a fleet of, of notebooks like this um, that can be managed from one central location is a crucial thing. Actually, before the Beijing Olympics, I was in Beijing doing some organising, and uh, I actually got to go to Lenovo in Beijing, and they were showing me this like you know control centre, how they were trying to test a, and we're talking companies with hundreds and, and hundreds of laptops, how they how they would manage that. Pretty impressive mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and, and the other one thing I mentioned about it, which I actually think is a really impressive feature, which I, I think we'll see more marketing about on a, on a lot of devices, is the charge time. They've got yes. what's called 80-30, which means that in 30 minutes, you'll get 80% of the, of the battery charge. Um, so 30 minutes plugged in, you normally you know, get 10, 20%, but this is going to wow, boom, straight impressive. up to 80%. Yeah. So I think simple things like that are appealing to, to users. Uh, I think the price is, is a little bit high, but for what you're getting, it is, it's very hard to compare apples with apples because you're not comparing this to, to many other devices because of how rugged it is. But if you're in the market for a laptop in the, in the $2,000 range, Lenovo X1, well worth a look. Now, one thing we've uh, spoken a lot about this year, Trevor, and I, I've got a feeling we're going to be speaking a lot more about it this year, is smart TVs. Mm. Now, uh, all the everyone has now released their range of smart TVs, and they're now starting to appear in stores, and I've got a chance to have a look at my first smart TV uh, to review. is the Samsung Series 8 59-inch Plasma. Now, 59 this, is a, this is a big TV, very impressive TV. It's really nicely designed. Great picture quality, but obviously the focus of my review, which is on my website, is the smarts of this product. Now, mm. remember back in the day, I think we've mentioned the line on, on our on our podcast before that, that we used to call these things idiot boxes. Now, after using this TV for a couple of weeks, I'm not going to look at uh, a normal TV the same way again. I think the smarts of this product are very impressive. The Smart Hub gives you access to content like movies. You can uh, There's an NRL game analyzer, which I obviously oh. use a fair bit. That Honestly, I good. think that is one of the most uh, uh, impressive-looking features of any TV out there because this, this allows you to go in and go, okay, I want to look at season 2011. I want to look at round three. I want to look at the Rabbitohs game. And on a timeline, you can look at penalties, tries, goals, whatever it is, and... and Right. You can click ahead and it will stream that portion of the game. And it's that convenience. That's what this is all about. There's also the AFL version of that app as well. But you can even browse the web on this. You can look at Facebook, Twitter. You can download apps. Now, we used to download an apps for our phone. We <laughs> could download apps for our TV. I downloaded a Sudoku app. I was doing Sudoku on a 59-inch oh, screen. Goodness. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, there's also a really cool feature, social TV, which lets you – I know you're a heavy tweeter during the Formula One and, and various oh, yeah. other programs, Trevor, myself as well. But this has got a great feature called social TV, which puts up the what whatever you're watching on the right hand side of the screen though you can have either your Facebook or your Twitter there and you can actually update it while you're watching it on the TV without having to go to your computer right there in the comfort of your lounge room which I thought was a very cool feature yeah and I think I think the the thing that people may be sitting there thinking is oh I've got a TV that has Twitter on it 
because you know the LG that I've got and the previous Samsungs I've used, they, they've had Twitter, but they've been an app that you need to launch as a as an outright app, and you can't watch Not TV like while you're doing it. This yeah. is a side by side kind of thing where the TV show takes up the majority, and this is just a sidebar, and it's a really impressive way to engage uh, w- with the Twitter stream and the TV show. Absolutely, and you know the web browser is another very impressive feature of it, and, and it runs full flash. It's got you can it's got the same browser features that you see on your computer history of your browsing you can set bookmarks i called up my website i called up techguide.com.au on this massive screen all the flash was running nicely the whole thing was working great and Mm. i wanted to take a photo of it and i thought and this photo is actually on the review on on tech guide if you want to have a look at it i got my 14 year old son aaron i said mate you stand next to this tv because people aren't going to believe me that this is actually a television just to give it some scale and it looked amazing so browsing in the on a screen like that is, is a really cool experience yeah, and I think I think you had to put that perspective. I remember doing that with something like Angry Birds because I took a photo of it on the big screen. And I thought that means nothing. You've got to put something or someone in that context. So techguide.com.au, the Samsung Smart TV. There's plenty of smart TVs to review throughout the year, and we'll bring all of those to you. But uh, check it out now, techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And a good opportunity to mention Netgear, our sponsors. They um, they provide great networking solutions for things like smart TVs. If you've got a, a TV in your lounge room that you want to connect to the internet, but you don't want to run cables and all that kind of stuff, look at the universal Wi-Fi solution from uh, from Netgear. It's a great solution for TVs and things like that. But while we're talking Samsung, mate, I was out at um, out at Homebush today with the good people at Samsung, and um, they they showed me a couple of their cameras uh, for their 2011. They've got like 15 cameras in their range. They they really are taking it to, to the to the world in terms of trying to challenge this market um, segment. Yeah, they're, they're making good headway too. I think they've got some impressive new models there. They're, you know, they're not quite Canon Nikon level just no. yet, but they've got plenty of interesting uh, devices with some cool new features. And, and I th- so I'll talk about two of them. The the NX10, which came out kind of last year, is is a interchangeable lens camera, but it's not an SLR because it doesn't have a mirror in it. It's actually straight onto the onto the sensor, and the and the sensor. Uh, is directly shown on the, on the viewfinder essentially, and you're not looking into the lens; you're looking onto the viewfinder, onto the sensor. It's it's kind of weird to get used to, but they've essentially updated that now to the NX11. It's got some great features like panorama shots. It's got this also also little thing which I'm not yet convinced about, but you you tell me what you think. When you take a photo, if you're in this audio mode, it will take the photo, and while it's in that mode, it's kind of constantly listening. It will go uh. back three seconds, and it will take a recording of three seconds before you took the photo and for up to five seconds after right. the photo was taken and it will save that as well so you can share a, a moment so uh, I mean, that's I, a good I, idea maybe a birthday party when you're blowing out the candles and stuff you're getting a bit of the environment atmosphere there a, a, an interesting idea so I'm that's just like a little slideshow with the, so the the, the or the picture is accompanied by the audio that was taken at that time yeah i'm look i'm not convinced about how uh, you know real world applications for it and how mass market it'll be but look i think the point of this is it's one of those extra little things that you set yourself apart um like they've got a you know those sort of handy cam you know video cameras that you know the screen flips out and you hold it in the palm of your hand well have you noticed they're all right-handed you know, you got to yeah. hold them in your right hand. They've got one you, you can just turn it upside down, and it's left-handed. You know, and adjusts for lefties. That's yeah. a great one. So just a simple thing like that. Now, the other big one I wanted to talk about is is a model called the SH100. Now, SH I'm assuming stands for share because this thing has everything in it to do with connectivity. It has a, a touchscreen on the back which has a, like an app-style interface, just icons. You slide through different screens of icons, but it has Wi-Fi connectivity. So 
Oh, that makes sense. You're we want to share our photos. That's exactly. Brilliant. You're at home. You're uh, you connected to your Wi-Fi network. It's not permanently connected. It only connects when it needs it, so it doesn't drain the battery. Yep. But if you choose uh, email, it'll email the photo. If you choose uh, share on the web, you've got Facebook, YouTube, all these different options where you can share directly. You can even put a caption on the photo for Facebook. And the other one is it's got a backup feature, so you can actually walk into your home click backup and it will sync with your PC uh, and actually download the photos wirelessly to the oh, PC. Oh, that's great. But that's one, another reason to get rid of the cable. That's what we like to hear, Trevor. But, to uh, did, you, did you see the dual screen camera as well? Oh, I quite like that, where you can set up your photo. If you're taking a self-portrait, there's a tiny little screen on the front of the camera to set up the shots. And, and a great um, great thing for kids too, because it has like a little clown face on it, which makes the kids smile. And then, bingo, you get a great photo of them smiling. Again, that's... I've used that camera, and I've used it a fair bit. Sometimes I wonder about it, and I go, oh, geez, I don't know if you use that that much, but it's that feature set. It's that, that thing that allows you to, in a retail market, say, but look at these features which we, we pioneered or we have and no one else has. That's the, that's the marketing behind it, I think. Well, it's been a big week if uh, you're a PlayStation Network user, Trevor. We've uh, endured nearly three and a half weeks without the network. We uh, It was big news, obviously. We oh, spoke yeah. about it a fair bit where the hackers got in and uh, took the network down and Sony then had to patch it up again, improve the security and, and conduct an investigation. But the great news is it's back up and running and they've also outlined, they mentioned this while the, it was down, they're going to offer free stuff to the, peop- to the members for their patience and loyalty, the mm. Welcome Back program. And that involves, uh, they're giving away a couple of free games for PlayStation 3 account holders, a couple of free games if you happen to have a PSP, uh, as well as 30 days free membership of the PlayStation Plus service. Yep. But if you're an existing PlayStation Plus member, you get an additional 60 days. And your favourite, Curiosity, oh, music joy. unlimited subscribers, 30 days free subscription as well. So but but I'm, I'm, I'm just a PlayStation everyday user. I don't get to access Curiosity as a, as a, as a uh, token of their appreciation for my patience. Well, only man, curiosity it's there fans. if you want it, Trevor, is what they're saying. But the, what, it, it did come back online earlier this week, like I mentioned. We had to do a software upgrade. And once that was completed, and we had, to, then when we signed back into the network, we had to change our password uh, to. So then, before it allowed us back online to play, and uh, it was great. After three, nearly a month, three and a half weeks, it was great to get back online. I said to the wife, "I said, I'm sorry, Joe, I'm going to have a monster session online, playing online with all my friends tonight." So I think we played for about three or four hours. I'm pretty sure she rang a mum or someone. I said, <laughs> "Stephen's at it again." I think again. she had an early night. That <laughs> Let me ask you this uh, question without notice. Okay, you're very passionate yes. about your PlayStation Network. You're yes, very I am. passionate about your bunnies. Yes. If, if the PlayStation Network came back online after a month on the night of a bunnies game, where would you have been? In the den or at the bunnies? At the bunnies. Oh, okay, that's just, I'm just I'm che- a, a I'm testing your loyalty. Sure you know if you well, had I said play PlayStation, the PlayStation any time though, I can't tell the rabbitos when I want them to play. If they're there, if I'm a, I'm a member, I'm a ticketed member, reserved seat member. I'm at every home game, so I can't tell them when to play, Trevor. If you had a said PlayStation, I would have called Russell Crowe. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. While we're talking um, games, uh, I, uh, I've, I've, I will talk a little. I'll go a little bit appish today. Um, I, I've been playing with some great apps. I won't talk about them all, but one of the ones I got from EA Mobile 
uh, and I've done a video review of this on YouTube, is NBA Jam. Now, NBA being the basketball league in, in America, they've yep. done some great stuff, EA Mobile. And when you know, yeah, you think about the history of EA Mobile, they've always done great sporting games. You know, what, 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 do they, does it, on, a, on a console or a PC, does it still say it's in the game? You know, remember yes, that? Yes, it does, of course. That's their signature. You know, it's their signature thing, and they do... The, I'm thinking on the iPad, they've done a Madden, they've done Tiger Woods, they've done some really high-profile sports and sporting people at, at a good quality. And what they've done with this NBA thing is you load it up, and you, it's very clear that it's a it's a fully endorsed product because it's got every team, it's got players from every every team, and it's essentially a two-on-two game. And what I loved about it was when I started it up, it it pretty much forced me didn't didn't force me, but I could have avoided it. But it was very it led me into a tutorial. Which is which is vital the first time you play one of these style of games because it's a you know it's a it's a pretend joystick it's on the screen there's three buttons for you know uh, running fast or, or or shooting a hoop or whatever it is and That's there's good. different there's different um, methods of doing all that and it talk you through it it took about fifteen minutes to run through all the different features of the game but then once I was into it mate oh. oh I was really loving this game. I that's, had a great, great time with it. Two on two. Um, you, you're controlling just your play. You don't you don't get to control both players. It's just you're controlling your dude, and you don't have to worry about who's got the ball. It's just it's either you or him. Um, and I tell you that's what, good. I, I think simple's better in those oh, sort of yeah. things. The, the simple the games. IPad. Once you can get into it straight away, you, know, you you don't want a game that's as hard that's as hard as flying the space shuttle. Like you want something no. that you can jump into, play straight away, and they're the games that you love. Because do you find most of the time you're playing an iPad game? just between times like when you're waiting for something to happen or you're waiting Absolutely. for you know it's not the sort of thing you actually go to do it's just something that you you do to to spare some time and the other thing i like about the game was it's not um it's not trying to be uber realistic it, it's basically a, a like a caricature in a sense where it's a great little cartoon uh, body of a player in the uniform but then it's an actual photo of that real player <laughs> and it's this mashup which really looks quite funny um, but you really get into the the comical style of it and it's a, it's a good way of presenting the game as opposed to the uh, the full blown you know trying to create the body of every player and all that kind of stuff so I think yeah. they've done a great job it's about twelve ninety nine on the on the iTunes store and look oh, I've got to say highly recommended from EA Mobile. And once again, thank you to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au for all your networking support. And I thought tonight, well, one of the things that's crucial about networking is is you go into a store, you don't know what to buy. The Netgear website has some really great um, sort of cutaway house views that sort of show you how a house could be configured if, in the sense that you've got the internet coming in on a phone line in one place, You've got a TV over there, you've got a computer over there, and you've got someone on a laptop, and it kind of shows you the kind of devices you need to make that network work. And the the problem I have with with a retail level is it's very hard for companies like Netgear or Samsung or anyone to actually educate the retail level staff in their products, and I accept that, but what you need to be is pre-informed. So I highly recommend people who've got any networking issues or questions, jump on a netgear.com.au and uh, and have a look at what can be done because all the things we've talked about, you've got Wi-Fi connectivity, you've got power line connectivity, and then there's dual band wireless if you're doing streaming of video. So there's a whole stack of things to consider, but Netgear are the people to go to for any networking support. There was a very interesting product announcement early this week from Seagate. Now, mm-hmm. we know Seagate is a uh, very uh, well-regarded hard drive manufacturers. Yep. But this new product, the uh, the GoFlex satellite, has, has got quite a difference. It actually is a wireless 
hard drive. So oh. it's got its own little Wi-Fi connection, which means it can be you can connect to it wirelessly. So you can create a little Wi-Fi connection between your device and the Seagate drive and stream your content. Now, without you get rid of that USB port, and what's one product that doesn't have a USB? Two oh, products actually. My iPad iPad and the iPhone, people saying, oh, you need an iUSB port on the iPad and the iPhone, and well, Seagate's just put out a product that proves that you actually don't need a USB port because you can stream all your movies, it's got a 500 gig capacity, wirelessly to these devices on the go. So do you imagine that it's going to have its own app? Because there is no way on a Wi-Fi connection on iPad to view a network shared drive or anything like that, so I'm assuming it has its own app. Yeah, it it has its own app and it allows you then to to sort out, there's a menu you then on the left-hand side of the screen, which lets you view your movies, your pictures, your music, your documents, all using this app, uh, app for the uh, the interface. But it, it also it, it presents so many benefits because people. One thing people toss up about buying, whether it's an iPhone and mainly the iPad, is well, what capacity am I going to yeah. buy? Do I need a 64 gig? Do I need a 16 gig? And mate, if you're like me, you've got a hundred hundreds of apps on there that are using up all your space, and you may not have room for to add extra movies now. With a product like this, that can really solve the problem. I went fully cheapskate on the uh, on the iPad One and just got the 16 gig with 3G. So you know, I didn't go bottom of the line, but I, I just thought it'd be enough because I've never had anything much more than that in the iPods. And I, I don't carry a lot of music around, but what I found was the apps were killing me because they're such great apps that they're really big. Like the EA Mobile apps are often 800 meg or a gig. Yeah. <clears throat> and so the great thing about this is. Uh, for example, when I travel with the kids, I'll, I'll delete some apps so that I can fit a movie on that I might rent or, or have bought or I'll have on my network so that I, the kids can watch that in the car or, or on the plane. So what you can do with this device, I imagine, is you put all your movies on, on the 500 gig hard drive, yeah, sit well, it there wirelessly, and bingo, you can, you can watch anything without having to change your basic iPad setup. That's right. There's room, well, 500 gigabytes is room enough for 300 HD movies. So, and and this product is only. I think it's about. It's just slightly larger than than a smartphone. So yep. it's just a little bit thicker too. But it's not like it's a gigantic device that you're gonna that you have to lug around. It's something you can slip into your pocket or into your bag. So it's 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 obviously made to be mobile. But uh, another thing it's going to do, like it, it, one thing, if you want to do. If you want to load movies onto an iPad or an iPhone, you need them in a certain format, like MP4 mm. uh, format. But this allows you to put everything on this on the hard drive and just let it in, in any format and just let let it. It'll do the it decoding and encoding so, to the iPad. Fantastic. Yeah, much easier to grab your content and take it with you. And no pricing or availability details for Not Australia. Yet. Now I've been told by uh, by Seagate, represented by uh, Einstein's there, the PR company who represents Seagate in Australia, that. Uh, it's coming in the next few weeks. Pricing uh, will be announced then. All right. Look forward to it. Seagate Satellite. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, my second app of the week is... Mate, uh, you're app happy this oh, week. Oh, I've had the best time. Uh, I did video <laughs> reviews of all of them, which I'll put on YouTube. But it's I d- Two Blokes Talking Apps this yeah, week. Yeah, why not? We should, they, hey, there's a <laughs> spin-off. Hey, that's a spin-off. Hey, I've got a great idea. Anyway, um, uh, the, the, we talked earlier about the smart TV and the, the Twitter and, and TV integration. Oh, I downloaded a thing this week called Twelevision. Okay, stupid name, but a play on words. That's Tele- up there with curiosity. Yeah, te- exactly. <laughs> Te- at least, But at least you can sound it out. T- television with a W after the T, basically. It's playing on Twitter and television. Yeah. And, and here's what it is. <laughs> you, you open it up and... 
And on the left-hand side, it shows you all the TV channels in your area, the, the digital TV channels, and it shows you what's on those channels right now. So it uses the program guide. And then you click on one of the... So let's say you're watching A Current Affair. You click on A Current Affair, and it shows you on the right-hand side a tweet stream for the hashtag uh, for A Current Affair. So oh. the first thing is it has its own hashtags built into it. it. It sort of guesses the hashtag for every program. But then you can add your own hashtag, and you can also recommend a hashtag to the developers. So A Current Affair was a good example. They said A Current Affair, and I said, look, the hashtag's better off being ACA. And, uh-huh. they, and they've changed that. But even, even Oh, they listen to you. That's they, right. You told them. They changed it Mate, for you. I have clout. Don't you worry about wow. that. All right. You need something, I can get it sorted for you, right? <laughs> um, and, and I just find, you know, you think about Q&A, Angry Boys, this MasterChef, there's some programs to get Absolutely. some uh, Dancing with the Stars, whether it's real or fake, it's it's being tweeted about. Um, and the ability to engage without having to, I don't know, open up TweetDeck and start a search search box and all that sort of stuff. And it's a fun little environment, and it allows you to flick between programs too really easily because you okay. could be watching several things or you want to watch a treat stream or something else. Um, and I think the customizable uh, hashtags was very useful. Uh, SBS Eurovision was a good example. On SBS, it was delayed. It was actually yes, d- that's a day right. before. So if you follow the Eurovision tag, you'd see who won. So you wanted to change the hashtag, tick that one, SBS Eurovision, and untick the Eurovision. Look, a simple little app. It's an Aussie app worth having a play around with if you love your TV and you love Twitter. There's been a lot of talk lately uh, in in the press about uh, mobile phone security. Uh, As there should be. They're becoming the latest device that are coming to the sites of cyber criminals. Now, up on the Gold Coast, they had a an online security conference, and one of the speakers was Eugene Kaspersky, uh, best known as the CEO and the co-founder of Kaspersky Labs, the well-known mm-hmm. security company. And he pointed out the fact that uh, devices running the Android operating system, that's the tablets and the smartphones, phones are an easy target for hackers. Uh, so when, when someone like uh, Kaspersky mentions that, I think it's something we really need to take notice of. It is, and I think uh, you know Kaspersky. I, I think McAfee and Norton are all going to, and, and everyone are going to come out with mobile-based security layers that allow you to have an app which will monitor the usage of apps on your device. Because I think the real risk is the malicious application. So especially in Android, you download some app, you don't really know what it is before you get it because it's the app store is very open. And uh, it may well access your contact book. And you, you, you've you got to give it that access, but you don't read that when you when you install an yeah. app. You just go, yeah, no, yeah, that's, yeah, I want That's it. true. And, and, then, and he did mention the fact that the Android operating system being an open network, an open platform, which is easy, makes it easy for developers, mm. but it also makes makes it easy for cyber criminals too so uh, it, it's that thing we need to really be vigilant be careful what we're installing and like you said there's going to be no doubt software developed because you think about it cyber criminals are targeting the biggest amount of people at the same time and so many people are now accessing the internet on their smartphones and this is a, an audience that is growing the more the digital devices grow, the more it's going to attract more cybercrime. And, and a key message from Kaspersky and all the guys in, in security is that don't don't take it for granted. Uh, you know, Chromebook was was sort of announced this week from uh, from Google. It's this you know laptop that doesn't really use uh, operating system. It's just the webs a web web browser and it's always on the internet. And they say it doesn't have viruses. And I'm like, whoa, calm down, hey. people. You could get <laughs> That's a big you could statement. get you could get phishing attacks. You could get identity fraud. Yeah, they're not viruses, but there are security security implications to any internet experience and it sounds scaremongering but it's really important that people realize that you've got to take this seriously and uh, when you hear someone like Kaspersky say that this is a, a future threat 
Don't ignore it. Keep your ears open. And when security software becomes available, check it out and get it happening on your Android device. Mike, uh, before we go, uh, my final app of the week on Two Blokes Talking <laughs> Apps. Um, it's very rare for me, but uh, I've had a good week, so why not? Um, and I'm not a traveller, but I found this really interesting. Uh, Viator, V-I-A-T-O-R, is actually a big website that does travel advice, guidance, tours, all that kind of stuff uh, online. It's you know, it's a website that has all the information for travellers, but what they've done is they've brought that information into an app. So the Viator Ultimate Experience Guide is a, a simple little app, uh, and it's not that expensive, a couple of bucks. Um, and what it is is a globe-based uh, navigation. So you spin the globe and you click on a, on a city or a country. It zooms in and click on Rome, for example. And then it comes up with some very clear things. And, and first of all, there's basic reviews about the city. And then there are things like must-see attractions, ultimate experiences, you know, basic tours and different things so that they're really simply shown on the screen for a start. Yeah. This and sounds like, uh, I've seen this app too, it's a very handy app, but you know, whenever you travel and say you mention to someone, oh look, I'm going to New York, and if someone's been to New York, they, they all they want to do is tell you the places to visit, the places to go, oh, you've right. got to go here, you've got to go there. This kind of puts that in your pocket. It's like having, it's like meeting a local and then being able to direct you around, tell you the must-see attractions, even the mentions the pricing. Uh, that's it's a really handy feature to have on your travels. It is, and, and you, you can see reviews from people there. You can see photos from people. You can you can add things to a wish list. So if you're just planning a trip in a year or in a week, you can add things to a wish list so you can make sure you go part of them. And you can click on t- tours and tickets, and you can actually launch up their website and make bookings. And the other thing is just quickly, and I haven't played with it, but the, the iPhone version of the app has a GPS uh, trigger in it, which allows you to see sort of, you know, what's near me stuff. So, look, I think it's a great use of the technology to bring, and this is, this is the, the evolution of, of the internet, in my opinion. Content on the internet is great, but the browsing of websites is, is not dying, but it's becoming a content driven thing, which is displayed in different formats. And the Viator Ultimate Experience Guide is a great example of a different way to, uh, manage that experience for the consumer. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Travel along. Well, mate, uh, 13 down. I feel like we've done 14. It's been that um, busy the last 13-odd uh, weeks. Um, but uh, it's It does been, feel that way. It does, it? does. But uh, thank you very much, mate, for uh, for such a late-night uh, recording of the great podcast. Uh, look forward My to coming next week, I mate. Think it, it's, well, one, I think we should do this again sometime, Trevor. How about we do this again next week? That's a great... Let's do it on um, on Wednesday night. If people want to join us, uh, Wednesday nights. But uh, available for download on, on Wednesday night, Thursday morning from Two Blokes Talking Tech and iTunes. And if you do download it on iTunes, do us a favour, rate it and review it. Tell us what you think. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.